Welcome to The Exit, the most prolific podcast for business owners preparing to transition a business. Today, on average, business owners leave 15 to 25% of their business value on the negotiating table when exiting a business. On The Exit, you will hear from some of the top transition and M&A advisors on how they help business owners like you through one of the most difficult life choices, the sale of your business. From transition preparedness to tax planning or driving value through operational enhancements, The Exit is the podcast that provides real-life insights and access to a network of experienced advisors. Brett Deering, your host, is one of the premier names in preparedness and exit planning for business owners. On The Exit, Brett will help guide you through key topics around preparedness planning while curating timely discussions focused on helping you maximize the value of your business business, and when your time comes, help you realize your exit goals. So welcome to this episode of The Exit with your host, Brett Deering. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of The Exit. I am your host, Brett Deering, and today we're going to talk about a very important topic. We're going to talk about quality of earnings and why business owners looking to sell their business should utilize quality of earnings as a part of their preparedness planning structure and process. I will tell you just to start having this conversation. I remember five to seven years ago when I was working with my clients and I would ask them uh, to have a quality of earnings done. And they would look at me like I was crazy because if you think about it, and we're going to talk about this today with Corey Masala, quality of earnings really started, the origins really started as a buy side exercise for buyers looking to buy a business. And we've incorporated this now into our preparedness planning process for a lot of business owners. And so we're going to get into that today and talk about that. I really want to have the opportunity to introduce one of my good friends and colleagues that I've worked with over 15 years in the industry, Corey Masala, who's the managing director of UHY Advisors. And just to give everyone a little bit of background about Mr. Masala, over 25 years of tax experience specializing in SEC accounting and audit services. He's been doing this for 25 years. Was selected as Smart CEO um, and the award given there as well. And also awarded M&A Advisors Accounting Due Diligence Firm of the Year where he was the lead partner. Interestingly enough, Corey has done over 300 M&A transactions. And for those that are listening out there, he doesn't look like it. Welcome, Corey. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to have this discussion. Well, listen, um, I will tell you that when it comes to this topic, I, I would want no one else to have the opportunity to speak to our audience about the importance of quality earnings. You know, it's interesting. You heard me talk a little bit about quality of earnings. Before we get into this discussion, maybe tell our viewers and our listeners a little bit about your background, UHY, and what makes you passionate about what you do. I would add that. A little bit of my background is, you know, at one time I did have my own firm for 14 years and I did buy and eventually I did merge into larger firms with a strategic plan. I was also, um, if anybody's aware, if they've ever heard of Vistage, I was also a Vistage member during that time, which was, you know, a, an enormous education and and a uh, collegiate environment where you're really working with other CEOs. And at the end of the day, you learn that all CEOs, we all have the same issues um, when you're running a business. So that education definitely helped. As I was developing you know, my business and my background of, of always doing M&A deals, 
I realized that there came a point where I was, I really liked what I did. I really realized that I had this experience, I brought value, and then I could share it with others. It's just a playbook that you, you get to learn and you get the new nuances and the negotiations that go with it. And you always feel like you're bringing value to other CEOs. And for my business, I translate a lot to this business owners so they understand what we're trying to do. Huge by itself is a fantastic firm that the skill sets of the people I have, I rarely ever come across that I don't have somebody to turn to that's an expert in an area. The firm itself is number 16 internationally. And then, so we have that support. And then nationally in the U.S., we're about 1,700 professionals. So I have a great background and, and around me, I still can turn to others. So it's a great, it's a great firm. Oh, that's awesome to hear. You know, interestingly enough, I love the fact that you talked about Vistage and your entrepreneurial spirit and what you've done in this space and how now you're taking that to help other business owners. I always find that those types of the stories uh, and that type of opportunity as an advisor really helps business owners because you've gone through it from start yeah. to finish. And now you're using your expertise and your experience to be able to help benefit other business owners. So that's awesome. So why don't we kind of start this conversation off real slow uh, with a basic question of what is a quality of earnings? A quality of earnings is really taking a business-oriented focus on the business. So it's a business analysis that really kind of goes to almost it'll go to an underwriter like a bank. It is focused on EBITDA. So that measurement is a very important measurement. Then there is another focus, which has to do with networking capital. And all of this is done on a gap basis, like it would be done if you did an a audit or a review. So all buyers want to measure on a gap basis because it gives a true sense of the business and how you can measure performance. The one most important aspect, normalized EBITDA. Normalized EBITDA means you're going through the business, you're adjusting for what business owners kind of put in there for tax purposes, was to normalize things for the abnormalities that happen in business cycles or it's significant events that happen. Yeah, no, that's great. So, I mean, if you think about a lot of business owners who came through the pandemic, um, obviously losing some value in their business, not all, some some did really well through the through the pandemic. But to your point, it gives them an ability to normalize kind of what their business would look like from a cash flow perspective, right? For those that understand EBITDA, which is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization, the one thing you want to understand are what are those addbacks that can help to, to increase the EBITDA before you go in or normalize EBITDA before you go into uh, a sale process. You know, one of the other areas is working capital. I will tell you that a lot of buyers want to understand the working capital around the business. And so, you know, the quality of earnings really helps cash flow. It helps understand that adjusted EBITDA, and it also helps to understand working capital. And so for you, when you think about those three areas, you know, what are you seeing out there around business owners um, when they're coming in? What are some of the things that you're seeing and some of the challenges that they're going through in those kind of in those three areas? Sure. Many business owners are very focused on taxes, minimizing taxes and cash flows. And their accountants are also focused on it because that's what they're being hired, you know, so that they don't pay a lot on their sure. you know, to minimize the cash flows. However, one of the big challenges is when you go through, before you go through this process, you have to be able to measure the business so that you measure it on that basis. The challenges that we find have to do with 
cutoffs, things like shipments on the water, not picking that up because it's on the water, you pay for it. Revenue recognition, how revenue is realized, depending upon the industries, contractors, work and process, and knowing how to do it properly. Wholesalers, wholesalers taking in deposits versus actually shipping and realizing revenue when it's really not revenue because they haven't shipped the goods yet. Um, medical, in, in the medical field, we're going in really analyzing what's the true receivables of what's collectible versus what they what they um what they booked as cash because they just book it as cash but the reality is there's big receivables out there and you have sure. to know how to how to measure that properly because medical they're 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 hitting the insurance companies or whatever at a hundred percent but the reality is they're only getting 15 20 percent and finding those aspects but th that is probably the 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 biggest challenge walking into before you get into the process that needs to be dealt with before you even can get to a quality of earnings. That's where the challenges come because you get too far down the line, you're, you're at a disadvantage. You really are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You talk about that, um, getting too far down the road. And one of the experiences that I have ultimately is, you know, a lot of business owners don't want to spend or invest in kind of their preparedness planning. And, you know, I, I would consider a quality of earnings as part of that preparedness planning process. And what ends up happening is they're going through this formal, you know, due diligence with a potential buyer. And undoubtedly, there's something that's uncovered in financials, right? I'll give you an example where there's a buyer um, that had a really good business, uh, was a cash uh, business versus accrual on the accounting side. And there became a discrepancy from the buyer and the seller about the value of the business because of cash versus accrual. The buyer was looking to do the quality of earnings on a accrual basis uh, and really disputed the value of that business. And because of that, they were unable to come to an agreement around the purchase price. So, you know, it's interesting. You said, don't go down that road. I always tell my business owners, do all the work up front. Know what you're getting into before you start that process with a buyer. It's going to make it a lot easier for you. Your expectations are going to be aligned with the market, and it's going to give you an opportunity to have the best outcome. So it's interesting you share, you share that. That's very interesting. So then I guess the follow-up question to that is you see a lot of these things happening with business owners. What do you think in your experience and expertise is the benefit of a business owner actually conducting and having a, a quality of earnings done? Well, there's, there's a lot of benefits, but I would say the, the big benefit is, you know, you got to think of it as if you're buying a house, right? Except you're on the flip side. You would, you would, you would hire an engineer, find out what, you know, where the, is it a strong foundation? Is it, um, is, are there certain investments or any other aspects that I'm going to need to put on it? Now, you know, that's really from the buy side, but you're, you're bringing it to them. And when they come in and if you're in the process, their professionals are coming in to knock your numbers down. They're hired to do that. That's what they did. That's their job. Say, say that again, because a lot of my <laughs> a lot of my owners, when I speak to them, I'm saying, listen, you know, there's a process, and this process is made to do really one of two things. Really, is to is to test your numbers. But to your point, you've taken it one step further, and I agree with you. I've seen this in many situations. Their job is to go in and run this process to knock down your numbers. I appreciate you saying that. I'm sorry, I didn't even interrupt, but it was- No, 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 you, no, no. Because remember, you know, we're not saying, but I'm I'm buy side and sell side. So I, you know, I know what they're coming in to do. I'm anticipating what they're going to going to want to do. So the most important thing is that anybody needs to realize is that 
when you go to EBITDA, every dollar has a multiple. It's a, it's a multiple. So this is like an insurance policy. As long as you're hiring the right people, you're hiring us to effectively evaluate the business and prepare you for what is going to happen. See what it's going to take to do it. What are items that are unusual that you hadn't been thinking about? Oh, I ended up buying this huge piece of equipment and I ended up expensing it. I ramped up on, on employees during this period of time you know, unusually because I expected to have sales, then COVID hit, and then you got to adjust for that. You have, you had backlogs during the time you were tight on cash. You, you couldn't produce because you couldn't, you couldn't spend the money to produce the products overseas. There were, there were supply chain issues. Overseas shipments weren't coming in spikes in cargo prices. All these aspects are the other aspects of the business. That professionals that we know, these are things we need to ask you. These are things we need to, we need to bring to your attention. We need to identify that. Why? Because every dollar we're finding has a multiple on it. It's going to mean money to you. In order for, you, for us to understand how we got to self-correct this to get it ready, we have to understand your processes. There's nothing wrong with your processes because every business owner knows they have a sense of what they're making. But when you translate that to somebody coming in and they want to do it, on an accounting measurement, you have to get the measurements correct. So, you know, I've been in situations where somebody thought they had 13% growth. When we finished our revenue cutoffs and did everything, well, we only had 5% growth in this year. And, you know, it was actually in the prior year. So, you know, in, in that leads to trend analysis and, and, and other aspects. So the, the quality of earnings is going to flush these things out and just shifting to networking capital. It's a concept most business owners don't understand, and the buyers wait till the last minute to negotiate it, okay? 100%. So networking capital translated quickly is cash at closing. If you're doing a cash-free, debt-free transaction, which most are, what are you taking home besides the purchase price? And that's, yeah. an, that's where every business owner thinks they're just going to walk out and take the receivables and you know remember the buyer is wants to continue the business that's why they give you the multiple but somewhere along that line you got to figure you got to figure that out so you have expectations and you understand the tax consequences and that is such a great point Corey. and you know the reason uh, there is a method to my madness knowing your backgrounds you know knowing we've been working together for over 15 years and knowing that you come from the sell side that is a real advantage to my business owners that I work with because you've actually sat in the seat. You've gone in and looked at businesses from a buyer's perspective, understanding exactly what it is that they're trying to accomplish with that due diligence process. I just feel like in my mind is one of the most, uh, you know, greatest advantages before a seller goes to market that they can actually utilize. And then you said something else and then, you know, we'll take a quick break, but I think the thing that people have to understand is every nugget of value that you're able to put back into the company uh, is a value that is, you know, utilized through EBITDA and through the multiple, right? right? And so when I tell people, you know, if you spend a couple hundred thousand dollars in preparedness planning, there is a return on investment. And that return on investment is in multiple. And so one of the things that I like to do with my owners before we get started is, you know, because I have to tell them, here's the expected budget that we're going to go after 
uh, around preparedness planning. And, you know, first thing they do is they pull back and they're like, wait a minute, that's a lot of money. But I say, you know what, this dollar amount, you know, this couple hundred thousand dollars or $50,000 or whatever that number is may add another, you know, a couple of points to your multiple, which is, you know, may equate to several hundred thousands or even a million or so dollars in excess value at the time of sale. So these types of processes that we've put in place around doing the quality of earnings, understanding your financials, your cash flow, your adjusted EBITDA, uh, understanding working capital, you know, cash versus accrual. Aren't these questions that you really want to have answered before you sign an LOI and go into a due diligence process? It's very rare that whatever we're getting paid, there isn't a multiple on it. Well, that's awesome. And I think this is a great place for us to break. Uh, we're going to be right back. You're going to hear a little bit about the importance of having that preparedness assessment. We'll be right back. When is the last time you had a formal preparedness assessment conducted on your business? And why is it important? From not knowing where to start in the process to receiving bad advice, selling a business is one of the most difficult processes you will go through. It is also one of the most important decisions you will make. So why leave your success to chance? Our preparedness assessment will prepare you and your business for transaction by helping you navigate the pitfalls of the sales process. Find and fix issues that could cause a loss of value at sale or totally disrupt your ability to sell. So start today by clicking on the link in the summary of this podcast to take a quick business checkup and receive your free copy of the six questions to ask yourself before selling. Now, back to the podcast. Well, welcome back, listeners. Uh, you are listening to the Exit Podcast, and we have with us today Corey Masala, who is the Managing Director at UHY Advisors, discussing the importance of quality of earning as a part of a preparedness planning process, getting ready for the sale. Corey, again, man, we appreciate all the information. Yeah. We have a couple of questions here on the back end of our podcast. Why don't we just go ahead and get started with, you know, a lot of business owners that I talk with and that I work with really don't want to make that investment um, into preparing their business for a transaction. What do you think the risk is of not having a QOV conducted before you sell a business? It's kind of doing a self-assessment. You could do whatever self-assessment you have, but when somebody else, you know, kind of goes and looks into your business and they're, and they're seasoned and professional, they're going to identify where the, where the buyer's financial team is going to be focused on, where they're going to punch the holes. And, and there are going to be holes. No one is perfect. Then also where your, your measurements may be off. Um, and where there are certain aspects of what you're proposing when you bring the company to market that can be potentially negotiated and presented, not negotiated, and may, you may lose on. So a professional okay. can bring that to your attention. But more so, what happens afterwards? You enter into the LOI, they come in. Who's protecting you? Who's ready, who's ready to deal with the challenges? And when they start measuring and, they, they, you know, and then their measurements are, are incorrect and can't be, aren't, aren't, aren't really supported and, and their assumptions of how they're doing things or doing certain airbacks and knocking out your airbacks or adjusting your revenues, someone's there to protect you and challenge it and, and, and be the person fighting on your behalf. 
this is a great point. I think one we need to talk a little bit a little deeper about when I start building out a team for a selling business owner, you know, you have your investment banker who's there to help negotiate. You have your M&A attorney who's there to help um, really focus on negotiation. But here, the quality of earnings and having that account there at the table is important because you just said it. Who is going to defend your financials? Who's going to dispute the strategy and or the thesis that they have around calculating their numbers on the behalf of your business to establish that value? And if you don't have that, it's not the investment banker's job. You know, they may be able to dispute at a very high level the thought process or maybe even the thesis, but having someone like you sitting at the table who has conducted a quality of earnings, understands the business before going into that process, knows what that uh, buy side Q of E uh, accounting firm is going to look for and has already protected those areas for the buyer. To me, I, I feel like that is adding direct value a multiple of value to the to the purchase price of that business having someone like you uh, as a part of the team and and you know that's a great point who's protecting you who's fighting for you at the table at the negotiating table when it comes to justifying your financials your cash flow your EBITDA having someone like you Corey I think makes a lot of sense can I, can um, I just add something to that absolutely absolutely sure there's two other things there is number one efficiency and speed to getting the deal done and not getting delayed and, and, the, and the buyer not having buyer's remorse that it delays that things can't get through. One. Two. The other part is, and I just want to bring this to your attention, your accountant may say that he does M&A, but when he, he's done 10 in his career versus hundreds, there's a huge difference. In, in, it's kind of like going for surgery. Would you go for surgery with your, your primary care or would you get your your spine surgery with somebody that's done it hundreds of times. It means a lot. It, we're talking dollars here. So, yeah. so it, it makes that much of a difference. Yeah. For, for our listeners out there, I have a huge smile on my face, um, you know, because of what Corey just said. And, you know, again, no disrespect intended to accountants that are out there working hard on behalf of their clients that they've known yeah. since they probably started that business. But to your point, you know, this is a specialization. Um, this is a part of the process that, you know, equates to money in your pocket as a potential seller of your business. You want to make sure that you have a team that's gone through this process over and over again, but most importantly, have had great outcomes for their clients. And that's why it's important to have uh, someone like Corey and a firm like UHY Advisors and having a quality of earnings conducted to be able to protect yourself when you go before going into that due diligence process. One last question here for you, Corey. Uh, many of the business owners think that there's only one cost and one form of a quality of earnings. Maybe you can talk a little bit about some of the different levels of quality of earnings and how they're being used for a potential business owner looking to sell. So the, the first one is, um, we call it a workbook. Certain situations don't need, actually need a formal, a formal report, because our report can be like up to like 80 pages. Okay, right. a lot of narratives. There's a lot of descriptions in here um, that are important. Workbook means that we're really putting limited and we're putting it into an Excel format. It's all the support that we did for the report, not as much buildup on the narratives. That usually is going to range between twenty-five dollars and $40,000. Then we have what we call a QOE light, 
But really, QOE light is a tailored QOE. It, it's discussed as to what the primary areas may be, the buyer, whatever it may be. You know, you're getting a sense of what they're looking for. And then you're tailoring it down a little bit rather than in a full QOE. You know, certain areas may be skipped over because they're comfortable. They know, you know, they're, they're, they're a good example, a strategic, a strategic company that's in your industry is, is the buyer. They're not going to need us to go deeply into the revenues, the analytics on the revenues, the concentrations on the revenues, segments of sales. They'll do it on their own. So we, we may tailor, we tailor that down. A QOE light is 35 to 50 because that's still a report itself with narrative. Then the full QOE, that's the full report. That can range between 45 and 85. And, you know, some businesses are very complicated, multiple businesses. We're bringing them together. Um, the more complicated, the more it ranges in there. We've also gone in recently and we're doing what's called phase one, phase two, where we go in phase one analysis, where we go in, we evaluate, we try to educate, we see where the, 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 the deficiencies are and the processes. And then we try to educate and give the client the opportunity to right size and do some of it on their own. And then okay. we may come in if they need us to do it, we'll do it. We'll do the heavy lifting, but we're giving them that opportunity to try and, sure. to try and evaluate. So they know that these are the situations we are coming up with the, the reasons why this is kind of worth it to you. And it makes yeah. Yeah. So let's do some, let's do some homework for our clients, right? For our business owners that are listening. Let's talk about those three different segments. We have a workbook, right? You know, just, just kind of the standard workbook that gives, um, you know, a potential business owner, the ability to see their, you know, kind of their financials and understand some of the elements, you know, that's great for somebody who may be a year out, right? Uh, and they're trying to get their, you know, trying to get their house in order, and they're trying to figure out where are the gaps, where are the issues, where are the potential deal killers in their financials. That workbook for them could be a great, you know, exercise for them to be able to help create some type of process or some type of plan to be able to remedy those issues. Does that make sense? The workbook is really effectively, that's a preemptive strike. That's a good strike because you don't need a full report. And we're determining what your EBITDA is. We're determining what the addbacks are. We're determining what the items we need to normalize are. So we're going through the we're going through the process with you. Um, yep. We're just not we're just not spending that enormous time that we do on narratives. That gives you a basis to do it because when you go to market, it kind of everything has to be updated too at some point. Yeah. So you know the great thing I always tell people is <clears throat> you really can start off a really good process with a with a potential buyer when they know that you've conducted a QOV. I always tell my business owners that a buyer knows you're serious if you've taken the time to go through and do a QOV. So that means that they need to be on point with what they're trying to accomplish. And they know that you have a process in place to dispute any thesis that they may have around their value, their valuation of the financials of your business. So, you know, that's great. Let's take a look at the phase one, phase two. I think of phase one and phase two of like GPS for a business owner. You're not really ready to sell. You may be a few years out, but you don't really know if what you're doing from a financial reporting perspective is what you should be doing. And if you're doing it the right way to, to maximize value uh, of the company, knowing that you're at some point going to sell the business in the next two to three years. I look at that phase one as the, someone coming in and saying, okay, you're doing a great job. Here are some of the things that you really need to focus on. And oh yeah, by the way, if you need help in these challenged areas, we'll help you. You know, we'll help to get to get you back on track in those particular areas. Does that make sense? 
also just add that, you know, sometimes we'll work with the local CPA to get them involved too, you know, if, if they need it to, to, to try and help their client. It doesn't disrupt that you're still doing things on a tax reporting basis, on a cash basis, whatever you may be doing, but now you start to track things, your receivables, you're, you're, you're recording your, your shipments on the right time in the books, your payroll, you're starting to, you know, document your payroll. Your PTO and your bonuses, you're picking them up in the right time periods that they apply to, things like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's great. So you're basically giving that insight around how these potential ledger entries uh, and how you should be focusing on financials leading up to, right? Because, again, most cases, buyers are going to look at a minimum of three years of financials. So starting this phase one process, you know, two to three years out gives you the ability to take maybe one year behind you, the year that you're in, and then moving forward every year after that, this format that you're going to, to incorporate based upon that phase one quality of earnings. And then let's just call it the big quality of earnings, the 85 page behemoth that, you know, I've read through dozens of times. I look at that for a business owner has some complexity to their business, may have some multiple locations. There may be international components to their business uh, and really is going to sit down and want to have a true understanding of how all of that meshes together and making sure that it tells the right story around your financials to a prospective buyer. Then I think at that point, you want to make that extra investment to make sure that you have that mirror. I call these a lot of times these exercise, it's a mirror so that you can see what a potential buyer is going to see when they go through that due diligence quality of earnings. Well, I would say that if I'm a listener and I have the opportunity to kind of hear some of the high level points that you've shared with us today, Corey, um, my takeaway and my ask would be for that listener to be to pick up the phone and have a conversation, reach out to Corey, uh, have a personal conversation about their business and this, the services and the tools and resources that you have. Listen, I mean, I've been speaking with Corey for years and I always learn and take away something from that discussion that I can use to benefit my client. I know that you can do the same today, listeners that are out there um, listening about the importance of a quality of earnings. So with that being said, you know, I want to just take the time and say, you know what, thank you, Corey. We appreciate you. Before you leave, we have to ask our, what we call the exit question. If there was one piece of advice that you would offer our listeners today, what would that be? Be ahead, get educated, don't do it under stress, plan it out, and get a sense of what, you, what your business is about from an outsider. When you do that evaluation, it's not just about bringing it to market. You may decide you want to go out there and buy and then bring it to market later with a strategy. You should always have, as part of your strategic planning every year, exit and buy and sell merger exit should be part of that strategy. Because around you and around your competitors and situations, there are opportunities. You want to be ahead of it. Awesome, man. I don't think you can close it any better. For our listeners that want to get a hold of you, Corey, how do they get a hold of you? Um, the phone number at the office, which I had to go look up because rarely does, you know, <laughs> rarely is anybody, I'm there here and there, you know, a couple of days a week. It's two, my phone number is 212-381-4660. And my email address is cmasella at uhy-us.com. 
listen, you can always uh, track uh, Corey down on LinkedIn as well. Corey, I really appreciate, we appreciate your expertise, time, and knowledge. I know this is a busy time for you, and we appreciate you spending time with us today. Thank you so much, Brett. I really appreciated you, uh, this conversation, and you just you just led me down the garden path to, to get every, everything out. So thank you. <laughs> to right, educate, your, educate your audience, okay? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Well, that'll do it for this episode of The Exit. We appreciate your time. And until next time, everyone have a great day. You've been listening to The Exit. Start your preparedness journey today by clicking on the link in the episode website of this podcast to take a quick business checkup and receive your free copy of the six questions to ask yourself before selling. If you have any questions about this podcast or how we can specifically help you, contact us at info at tepodcast.com. Take the first step to exiting on your terms. And remember, always be prepared for the exit.